This is the Servers Radio Network. Hi, I'm Rocky DeStefano, and this is A Server's Journey. And I'm Larry, and I'm so glad that you're with us here on another edition of A Server's Journey with Rocky DeStefano. The premise of our show is that everybody, all of us, are leading something or someone. Whether you're a parent leading a family, or a coach leading a soccer team, or a team leader leading only a few, it doesn't really matter what level you are, you're at. All of us are leading an organization in some type, and all of us are on a path to becoming a leader. And thus, the title of the program is A Server's Journey. Yep. Thanks, Larry. I hope that everybody listening will be able to walk this journey with us. And today we have a very interesting topic that um, may be keeping you from leading people, because I do believe that things um, that you've gone through, maybe things that you're dealing with, can affect how you lead. And so today we're going to talk to Denise Pass, who has written a book called Shame Off You. That sounds like a really deep subject, and I know that there are times in our lives when we we try to be a leader, but things just get in our way. That's exactly it. And Denise will be with us in just a couple of minutes. But first... Uh, you know, I heard that you went to um, that uh, Broadway show called uh, Hamilton, and I asked you to bring me a, a review. So tell me about it. Well, you know, I can tell you um, I've been, you know, a personal journey in my own life. I've been trying to live in the moment more with my kids and with my wife. Um, I think we get so busy and we can get distracted with uh, cell phones and work and so forth that we can, uh, you know, not be present. But I've been working really hard at trying to really be in the moment, especially as our daughters are getting older. But Hamilton was... uh, So it was the journey to the event as much as the event itself. Well, and I think it was uh, our girls were looking forward to it. Um, My wife had seen it before I had seen it, and my one daughter had, uh, but two of my other daughters had not, uh, which they reminded us of for the last several years. So um, the show was amazing. Um, I mean, truly amazing performers and uh, just an all-around great night, packed house. Uh, A few people left that maybe were not really understanding what Hamilton was as a musical because it's a little bit different. It's more of a rap. It's yeah. rap, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it was a great show, and I would recommend anybody go and see it. Okay, that's uh, that's our movie review for the week. Well, no, it's not really a movie, well, is it? Yeah, show review. Show yeah. review, yes. Are we going to have more show reviews? Yes, you'll have at least six a year. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like he's got a season ticket. Exactly. All yeah. right, but first... Epic Moments in Leadership. So today we're going to be talking about why MBAs are losing their luster. A strong market, a job market, and shifting immigration rules are some of the reasons uh, experts say applications to U.S. MBA programs are in the decline. Yeah, and I think for years they were actually on the incline. They were really increasing. But um, Harvard Business School, for example, reported a 4.5% decrease in the number of applications for their entering class. And across the U.S., um, international student applications for MBA programs fell almost 11%, and domestic uh, applications decreased by 2%. So it's decreasing. So here's the aha moment for me. Okay. Some MBA holders also say that on-the-job experience turned turned out to be more valuable than their degree. 
Yeah. So I want you to consider working on the job and getting the experience to lead. Well, I think the strongest people are people that are have done both. And, you know, it's been a pretty interesting trend. They're saying that this next group coming up, I think Generation Z is what they call them. Hey, are we going to run our letters? Yeah, I think so. But we'll start again. We'll be Generation A. But <laughs> Generation Z is actually choosing trade schools mm-hmm. almost as much as they're choosing college. And, you know, what I've always said is, doesn't really matter what you do it matters what you enjoy and um, I think if you are a good plumber or a good uh, carpenter I think you will always find work yes yes so uh, everyone leads what kind of leader are you going to be Larry what kind of leader are you going to be one that knows what you're doing or just faking it till you make it that's right yeah and education comes in a lot of different ways right MBAs are great but sometimes real life education is just as important Well, you know, I know we've partnered with ACS Creative in developing our website. And when it comes to creating a website, it pays to go to the pros. Absolutely. And that's why we've gone to ACS Creative. They do brochures, logos, direct mail, campaigns, and websites. They also, they don't play uh, games Games with with your money. money. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So contact ACS Creative. That's ACS Creative on the Internet. Larry, talk a little bit, tell us a little bit about Denise and just uh, who she is and a little bit about her journey. Well, Denise uh, is going to be on the hotline in just a few minutes. And Denise is an author of two books, one book called Shame Off You and 31 Days of Hope Reinvented. And Denise is a uh, CCM artist, <laughs> contemporary Christian, Christian music, music artist. And she's a speaker, podcaster, and worship leader. And she's on staff at her church where she writes, sings, and proclaims God's goodness based on her real-life experiences. This girl, listen, I don't know when she has time to sleep. She that, blogs, that's kind of what I was thinking. She yeah. blogs weekly and devotes her uh, encourages her online followers to share her music and message at retreats and conferences. So we're going to be glad to talk with Denise in just a few moments. So good morning, Denise. We are very pleased to have you on our podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. So now I I have to ask you this. So you are a uh, contemporary Christian music artist. You're a speaker, a podcaster. You lead worship. You write songs. You sing. You blog weekly, and you have five kids. How on earth do you do this? I I have to know what your secret is. (laughs) Well, you know, it is really the grace of God, and it's cultivated in His Word. I, I really think... A lot of times in life, we can try to accomplish things in our own strength, and it just will be haywood and stubble. Right. But if we'll seek God, and so my family went through a very difficult time, and at that place, I kind of felt like my life was over. Hmm. But the things that you speak about really came from, I've got to spend literally hours a day with God. Right. Because I'm... I need him, and so that's where the writing started, um, you know, and the singing as well, and, and everything came from that. But it is challenging. <laughs> so, so it's I eight, won't say that. So it's eight oh five, and I've already been convicted because I know I'm not spending enough time with God. <laughs> <laughs> well, it goes so quickly, you know. And I, I know. was at times I'd wake up at five, but young know, be real. At times I don't. Um, that's right. And so my day shifts, and I'm very thankful 
to work for someone who gives me flexibility in my work schedule. Sure. So it may be nine or ten before I get started work. I work from home. But but that's but good. That You've got the flexibility, good. yeah. Yeah, that gives me a few hours to kind of, you know, spend time in his word and maybe blog about it or, you know, well, podcast. I, I was really intrigued about having you on the show, and, and the reason is, you know, our show, the premise is that all of us lead somebody or something, and it could be something as simple as leading a soccer team as a coach. All of us lead our families. Um, some of us lead, you know, huge, you know, multinational corporations, but everybody is leading somebody or something, and we talk about how we believe that being a servant leader is the right way and really the the biblical model and the only way to true leadership success and i know that your book especially the book shame off you it really deals with this element of shame and so i'm really interested to hear your story because i'm a big believer in in order to be a great servant leader you've got to get past sometimes the things that can drag you down like shame um so Talk a little bit about how shame has impacted your life. Yes, well, first I want to say that I'm speaking this weekend, and the first, the main point is you got to serve somebody. Yes. It may be the devil, it may be the Lord. Who are you serving? Yes. And a lot of times people don't realize the choices they're making every day. They're eternal choices. Even some of the small things, you know, the devil's in the details. And right. we've got to be careful, you know, to know who we're serving and, that servant leadership, and you're, you're wise to point out, shame really keeps us from living on mission for Christ. Right, yeah, which I think is a, the biggest trick of the devil, honestly. Oh, yeah, because if, if God, you know, God has called us, and so what is the enemy going to want to do? He's going to want to distract us. If he can get us to buy the labels he's selling us, it, you know, he is condemning us, he's accusing us. But the Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. But we don't daily live that out sometimes because we feel so bound. Because there may be some truth to owning that shame, right? Sure, yeah. And the enemy says, you're not enough. And here's been the beautiful truth I keep coming back to. I'm not enough. Right. <laughs> I was supposed to be enough. Yeah. Christ is sufficiency. Now, that doesn't mean I just dismiss shame, I have to deal with shame biblically, and so for me, the book Shame Off You came from the most painful thing in my life. I I dedicated my life to Christ. I waited for marriage. I married a Christian man. I home-educated my children. So we can tend to think I'm therefore entitled <laughs> <laughs> to a perfect life, you know, but people have their choices, and my former husband now uh, he chose to violate some of our children. Oh, no. And had a whole background as a sex offender that I knew nothing about. Wow. 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 Yeah. And so for me, it was, to say devastating, there's no English word that can put together what my children and I went through. And for five years of court battles, and I remember standing in court and the Lord just Remind me of Hebrews 12, 1 through 2, where it says, For the joy set before him, Christ endured the cross. But what I, what I love is that it, different versions say it differently, but the NLT says that he disregarded its shame. Hmm. Wow. So I'm standing there in the courtroom, and I'm thinking, I feel so much shame 
you know, how did I not see this? You know, what am I going to do about my kids? And as I'm standing there, I think of this scripture, and God whispers to my heart, you're on a mission, Denise. Hmm. Will wow. you accept this mission? Wow. Well, I think my mission looked like this, right? Yes. Uh, but could I, my one prayer was, God, help me keep my heart, the hearts of my children. Help you somehow get glory of this. It, it, my, first it was, Lord, please remove my shame. Right. And then it was, it's not about me. Well, isn't it amazing I, I about... What's amazing about Shane, too, is, and, and I grew up in a similar background, j- just so you know, so there is some uh, sexual abuse in, in my family and in, in our past, and it's amazing to me how something that you don't do can c- absolutely control you, and you can feel the shame, really, almost for the person of your husband who should be the one who feels this terrible shame. Right. But we take on, we borrow. And, you know, we also, hey, our response to sin in our life can produce shame, too. Sure. We can have hatred or bitterness and be bound that way. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and so there's a lot of obstacles to shame. So the book came from a place of the Lord putting on my heart to write it. And as I... Uh, spent time studying God's Word, I realized there's a biblical filter hmm. that we can use to receive our lives. Okay, that's that's awesome. So talk about that filter, and you know, I'm sure that that's um, how maybe it's helped you de- deal with and kind of overcome the shame. Right, so the end of the matter is that our identity is in our Savior, not our shame. You know, we we tend to kind of accept the different labels until we go to God's Word. Proverbs 11, 2, was the scripture that God gave me when I was actually presenting this book. It says, With pride comes shame, hmm. but with humility comes wisdom. Hmm. Wow. And the Lord laid out this whole thing for me. Because if we are willing to look at the shame, instead of just trying to hide it or bury it or deny it, why don't you go ahead and examine it? Because we're all to examine ourselves, we see in Psalm 139. So, through truth, humility, and can I look at that thing and say, Lord, is there anything in this I need to receive? Help me to receive it. You know, through humility, I recognize I'm capable of shameful easy. I don't have to own this. And through grace, I realize Trump's shame. Right. He can help me to overcome it. So, I don't have to carry it around. I don't owe it allegiance. My allegiance is to Christ. And so I need to deal with There's cycles of shame, too. I talk about the book, condemnation leads to comparison and a crisis and a commitment unless we're willing to examine shame yeah. and go through a revelation of, hey, there might be sin in the camp. Let me reflect on it. It will lead to repentance and restriction. You know what I've found uh, is so interesting about shame is everything in our flesh tells us to cover it up and hide it, but mm-hmm. the Bible seems to say, you know, expose it to the sun, you, you know, you know, show it, and, and, and that's how really he helps you get through it, which is what I think you've done. I think you've taken a terrible thing 
and you've written your way through it in some ways through the help of God. Um, but by exposing it, you've probably helped yourself to overcome it a lot, too. Yes, God did incredible healing for my children and I. And kids have actually been a little evangelist. My son said he was going through a really struggle with shame. He started doing a Bible study with them. Um, but fear of the man, you know, we wouldn't have shame if we didn't have an audience. Right. You know, I mean, we can have conviction. is very different. What is saying, you know, you have sin in your life. Our hearts are deceitful. We are sure we need to be willing to confess and near, but it's never to condemn. Us. But when we have that act, souls or all this person thing, that is shame and condemnation. That's enough. Yes, and I think it's an idol we have to lose. So, why do you think that shame is so prolific in our culture? Because I think it it really is. You can look at. Um, and it seems to be it doesn't matter your position, whether you're rich or you're poor, shame is just everywhere in our culture. What, why do you think it's so out there, it's so large? Well, you know, I think it is in our culture. It's so much a part of our culture that we've accepted blindly. And it can be small, like, and I always, I share this story because it just made me laugh so hard, but and I won't name the family member, but driving to their house in, like, a huge dually truck because the vehicle was broken down, and it had no air conditioning, it was loud as can be. And this precious family member's like, please put that to the front. Well, what is that? Right. That's shame. Right. You know, and, and it's just small things, and you realize, wait a minute, I start to feel shame for it. Oh, God, yeah. And then I stopped, and I what? You just wrote a book called Shame Off. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Or you're in the middle of writing this book. You can't feel shame for something like that. I mean, think about it. Let's suppose the truth. Should I feel shame for driving this vehicle? No. Right. You know, and I yeah. think about it. I think you just laugh about it. It's okay. Well, and... You know? It, and it seems like, uh, especially for people, uh, and unfortunately people that know God do this too, but in particular... It's almost like by making somebody else feel worse, a lot of people feel better. And I think that's where, you know, like I'm, I'm always amazed at some of the things that people will say um, and oh. how hurtful they are. Oh, yeah, shunning. And uh, really, it's funny. We are the biggest recipients of the most lavish place in the world. But in the church sometimes, we are not going to give them. You know, someone uh, says, and we kind of want to keep them in but if they're willing to acknowledge that's repent and turn from that, they, that sin is gone. Right. No shame with that, but it, it is difficult. It, it's so much in our culture. And I, I think that people need to pause and think, what is that influence that's on my brain? Right. That's telling me this negative thought about that I'm shaming them in my mind. Right, right. What? When did you realize? Because I know that you know you went through this this horrible thing, and you know I I understand probably more than than I wish I did what what you were feeling and the sense of shame you were feeling. When did you realize? Okay, this is a problem, and it's time 
that, you know, I need to really try to get over it? Was there like a, a moment where you're like, wow, this is controlling me? Well, one thing that one just said to me last week, like, she said, you know, Mom, I will never get how you cried out to God. Mm. You were raw, transparent in front of us. You didn't try to hide it. Now, she didn't know, you know, I was rocked in a corner eating chocolate. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I was trying to hide some of my pain from them. I didn't want them burdened. But sometimes you just can't hide it. You That's know, right. You cry out. And so... I would say that right away, I knew we desperately need God, and so we did a Bible reading plan, you and every year, but with my kids, I was going to do this with me. We're desperate here. You have to do this whole plan with me. Some of them are pretty young, so some of the passages you don't necessarily want to read <laughs> yeah. with them, but the uh, Bible can, you know, it's, uh, you've got to read the whole counsel of the Word of God. For a little mind, sometimes you've got to explain some of it, but... Uh, I would devour Bible more, you know, all these different studies, just hungering for healing, wasn't getting it. Right. And I wrote a book before Shame Off You called 31 Days to Hope. And that's where I realized my hope had been in the wrong place. Hmm. Yeah. Sure, I trusted Christ, but I was still hoping for his life. Right. Right. And that just eluded me. And I would say I trust Christ with my heart of hearts. I was like, I don't know why you allowed this in. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it doesn't seem fair. Right. You know, that, that's... And so I think that after writing that book, was this, I still have something wrong. And then I started to shame at all about my... Hmm. So now in your book, Shame Off You you kind of discuss, you know, a biblical lens and a process for exterminating shame. Will you talk about that process a little bit? Yeah, sure. I had mentioned about this if truth, humility, and grace. And see, there's a spectrum of shame. And a lot of times we don't recognize ourselves on it. And so I thought that in the book as well. So people can kind of see, where am I at? Denying it? life, or am I eating like this or that? And then when we discover that, we can look and say, all right, Lord, examine my heart. Have, have I done something to bring this shame in my life? And if I have, let me go to God's Word and try to find, you know, a solution to it. Right. So in the back of the book, I actually have a scripture reference guide, uh, 40 different types of shame. Wow that people may encounter that wow. lead to shame. And I have a uh, scriptures that help them uh, diffuse shame and then restore honor. So um, I try to equip people. And there's also a devotional at, at the end of each chapter as a reflection question so we can really be process. So we really have to do shame to exterminate it. We can't... That's why it says on the front cover of high it, it just won't. Right. Yeah. I And, you know, I think that there's a lot of scripture about even when we don't believe it yet, we have to speak that healing too. You know, the, the you know, one of my favorite verses is that the, you know, the power of life and death is in the tongue. And I, and I believe that sometimes you have to speak that God will deliver you from this, even if you don't quite believe it yet, 
because I think there's a there's a power in in you know the steps you take. Well, yeah, and you know too, part of that is looking to the real cause. What are the roots of our shame? You know, sometimes we behave in a certain way, and we just call it a personality. Oh, I'm just shy, and so we kind of put ourselves in that box. But what led to that? Right. You know, what was there that in our life that is keeping us from living that abundant life? hide behind it because, well, that's me. Right. Yeah. So it can really, like, when you start to look at it. Hmm. So why did you, um, you know, going through what you went through, and, and, and many people will just work through it themselves personally and maybe never talk about it, when did you feel like God was telling you, hey, you need to write this book, you need to share this with others? Hmm. Good question. Well, we went through this all started in December of 2006 uh, on D Day, you know, and the Lord revealed it to me right before when I was writing the worship song. I felt this presence of evil in the house. And so it began with this Lord telling me to a five year court battle, and it would not be until 2012 right near the end of the year that finally we would be close to the court process. Hmm. So after that, 2014 is when I started my blog. And I was actually not in a great place physically. I suffered with a lot of physical ailments. I believe partly as a result of the great stress I went through. In fact, at the end of the court process, I was hospitalized with pneumonia for nine days, Ooh. and they they were looking at me like, you know what, you got to get up and walk, or you know, this could be fine. Right, yeah. And I was laying there, and I saw this vision, and I was praying, and God just, I, I said, Lord, here I am. Send me. And, and I opened my eyes, and he said, even here to me, will you let me use you here? And so it was a great, incredible time of serving God there in the hospital, but that led me to this place in 2014, okay, where I was trying to take back my health, and I just started to and process everything. And in that meeting, which was originally, I didn't under my name, because I was too ashamed right. <laughs> to go out there with my name. Right. And, and so then my husband said, well, why don't you call yourself being deep? And that's the name of my ministry. He said, because your nickname is deep. Your last name initials in a P, and that spells deep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, that's so spiritual, hon. Right, right. Well, I, I so had I a chance. A well, I had a chance to listen to your podcast. I think you have one by the same uh, name, and it was great. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. Oh, praise the Lord! Thank you. So, yeah, the writing started in 2014. That was uh, with Hope Reinvented in 2016. Um, I started to write that. And then, um, you know, uh, after that, wrote Shame Off You. So the writing has been so healing. Right, sure. Absolutely, yeah. So um, we're going to start wrapping up here. Uh, we, we do have, a, like, a little fun segment at the very end, if, if you'll play along with us. But, but just as a closing statement, I, I wanted you to tell our listeners maybe one thing that you think could help them overcome shame. Besides, yes. besides buying the book and reading it, and <laughs> well, we all have shame. Right? 
I think don't get rid of shame because it's helpful to you. You know, I think a lot of times we feel shame and we just want to get rid of it because of pride. Right. But get rid of shame because of the sense of living for Christ. And realize we're called to live on mission and we have got to find our identity in Christ alone. And what does that mean? You hear that? It's like a buzz. But that means I know where I live. But Christ lives in me, so I don't have to be so concerned about shame anymore. I can disregard just what Christ did. Right. That's perfect. Yeah. Yep. I think that there's a lot of freedom, like you said, if we um, just just recognize that, it, first of all, it's not about us, it's about the power of God. Uh, you yeah. know, I, I think there's so much freedom in in this relationship we have with God, and too often we see it as a rule, you know, a book of rules, but it's not. It's, it's a book of freedom from, because we're able to excuse ourselves and say, there's no way I could have known this. You know, there's uh, there's just a huge amount of freedom with within Christ. So, well, we yeah. I've really enjoyed uh, talking with you, and I, I do think everybody, and I think almost everybody deals with shame. I think some people are better at hiding it, but I think all of us um, deal with shame in one form or another. So, I would really encourage you if you could tell us, is there uh, you, you know your website or how they could get the book or or maybe um, try to get you to speak or sing at one of their um, conferences. Sure, yeah. So the easiest way is go onto my website, denisepass.com. It's also com, but uh, they can go on there and there's a booking uh, kit and also for event planners and there's electronic press kit. Uh, I'd love to come speak. I'd love to speak for women's events because I think um, everybody encounters things. Uh, but I really have a heart, you know, women in particular can feel very, I think, insecure, and um, God just wants to heal it. Right, right, yeah. Well, thank you for that. Okay, so we had this little segment before we let you go, and we, we call it This One or That One, and uh, yeah, I yeah. promise we won't put you on a spot too much, but we're going to ask you a couple, you know, give you a difference between two things and ask which one you prefer and, and, and maybe why. Would you like to okay. play? Okay. All right. Fun. <laughs> All right. So the so the first one is, do, you know, would you rather have a, a dinner with Elon Musk or Richard Branson? So I couldn't even hear the name of the first person. E- Elon <laughs> Elon Musk was the um, inventor of Tesla uh, Corporation and uh, wants to take us to Mars, etc. Ah. Uh, so I'll be honest. I don't really watch much. Or even know any of the stars. <laughs> you, you are better off for it. So then, I would pray. I would say, God, who you have me to speak to? There's my answer. <laughs> I like that. Okay. Okay. So then, let's go. I'll on. do it. <laughs> so, talk about um, uh, in your family. Are your kids ha- have they been attracted to either Star Wars or Harry Potter? We didn't watch either. Oh wow, that's. So I'm really bombing at this, aren't I? No, no, no. You we are. We did do Lord of the Rings. Okay. And Lord, so people, what? You did that and you don't do Harry Potter? <laughs> well, Lord of the Rings is a pretty great, it's a pretty great trilogy yeah. for sure. <laughs> All right, so now I, I, I think you might know this one. Do you prefer Broadway or rock and roll? Hmm. Ne- I did a lot of 
Christian Youth Theater. Right. I and think. the realness factor where, you know, you can't really dress up. I mean, it is what it is. Right. Yeah. So I guess I appreciate that. And rock music, uh, both are probably going to be somewhat profane. Right. So I don't appreciate that. But uh, it's probably Broadway. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think uh, something I enjoy. Yeah, I figured with your uh, musical background, people that are actually trained singers tend to prefer, at least uh, admire the talent that's uh, there in Broadway. Yes. Well, well, Denise, thanks for joining us here on A Server's Journey. We really appreciate you spending your time with us. And so, Rocky, until next time, um, I'm going to just have to say I'll see you later. I'll see you later. Thank yeah, you, Denise, well, for being on our show. And we, Thank we, you so much. Uh, we, we, we have really enjoyed uh, getting to know you a little bit, and we just want to remind all of our listeners that, you know, all of us are, are on this journey, and we believe, really, it's how you serve in that role that makes a difference. And so that's why every Wednesday we share a server's journey with you. I'm Rocky DeStefano, and together we're going to become better leaders.